And I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Romans. We're going to go to Romans 12 tonight, and I invite you there. We're going to read some powerful verses here in just a moment. We'll continue about our grace capacity. As we move forward in grace, we understand it's unearned, it's undeserved. When we get saved, it moves us to a position, it raises us to a place that we could not attain in our own ability. And the reason we're going back through this is because in this culture, we understand what it is to earn position, to work hard and merit a raise, to work hard and merit a raise whether we get a raise or not. We understand what it means to earn a degree. How many of you have a high school degree? Let me see your hand. Yes. How many of you have a college degree? You earned that. And in this culture, we we understand what it means to apply ourselves, to give the best of who we are, and there's a return on the effort. But when it comes to grace, when it comes to sin... We move into a whole different ballpark. There's nothing that you and I can do to earn salvation. There's nothing we can do to deserve salvation. That's why the Bible says it is by grace that we are saved. Sin is missing the mark. God has a target. Sin gets us off course and out of line. We are sinners. We need a Savior. And when we become recipients of grace, we then are transitioned from being a loser to being a winner. Incredible words intentionally used to describe those of us once we are saved. It says things like this, you're more than a conqueror. Revelation says that you're you're saved and you're made a kingdom of priests. One version says kings and priests. We are called overcomers, and it's just an amazing identity that we receive because there's an incredible capacity. And as the people of God, we need to live out of that grace capacity. Grace is needed now. I cannot be perfect. We understand that. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but we're not defeated because we're living out of the grace of God in our lives. Ephesians talks about being raised up and seated with Christ. That's in Ephesians 2. In Ephesians 1, it talks about Christ being raised up and that he is seated in a place of all authority and victory. And then when you get to chapter 2, verse 6, it says that we're also raised up and seated with him. It's just an amazing picture of all that has occurred when we got saved. And so I want us to live out of that. Tonight, I want us to look at Romans Chapter 12, and we're going to pick up the reading at verse 3. Normally in Romans 12, we'd start at verses 1 and 2, but that's a very personal application. That's where it all starts. It starts with you and me offering ourselves as vessels of God, living sacrifices. But tonight is a word to you and me as a church, a pastoral word to not just the church universal, but to the assembly, to us. God wants to speak to us. There is a a commissioning, a calling of God for you and for me to take our place in history and and to impact this culture. I believe that, and I'm going to do everything I can to get as many of you to believe that. 
And together we will dream big and we'll do great things empowered by God, living out of the grace that has been lavished out on us. This grace is amazing. Chapter 13, the very first part is a personal application. When you get to verse 3, for the next several verses, it's an application to the church. We have to start there. The end of of chapter 13 is how we respond to enemies. You get into chapter 14, it's how to respond to the government. And then it talks about responding to our neighbors. But before we respond to any of those groups, we have to learn how to function with one another. We have to be the church. For the Bible says that they will, they will see our good works. As we love one another, it grabs their attention and has an influence. They will know we are his disciples by our love. Jesus sent the disciples out two by two so that a watching world could see how they interacted, how they were loyal, how they were connected Believed in one another. Even that was such an influence on a watching, watching world. If we can show that God has a remedy for us, then we can show the world that God has a remedy for them. If there is no remedy for us to relate to each other in wholeness, in a positive future, then there's little hope to try and make a difference For those who are in darkness. So we're going to go into this. This is a word to the church at Broken Arrow. I want to to set it up. I want to tee this message up. So that it goes right down the fairway. And hits us in the heart. In this present day. There's an interesting approach that people take. Toward church. In the younger generation. there, There tends to be a less rootedness. In the local church. Not necessarily less attraction to the local church, but just less rootedness in a particular local church. I remember reading George Barna back in the late 90s, and he said by the year 2000, the average follower of Christ would have five home churches. I don't know if that was true by the year 2000. It's true now. And I just want to say a word that we need to put our roots down wherever God plants us. Now, if God has brought you here, great. I'm really excited about that. And I want you to get planted in this house. But more than anything, I want you planted in a local church. Because the local church matters. If someone was looking for a theology of the local church, this is it tonight. Matter of fact, I'm sorry it's a holiday weekend. I wish everybody that calls the assembly their church could hear this message. Because it's a word to us. And it's a word for us. Let me say to the young guns in this room, we would encourage you with that entrepreneurial spirit to be looking for that open door and that fresh opportunity. So we encourage you in that. But we may have fueled a fire so much in you that you bring that into your church life experience and you're always looking for something new. And so you end up in this church and that church and God would have you to plant down in a church. Because where you are planted, that's where you grow. You need a connection within a body of believers that is your church. Not hit and miss. Consistent. Amen? Amen. So, let's just work it out tonight. I want us to start at verse number 3 of Romans 13. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, 
I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Other translations say, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. And and let me give you a a word. Here's a word to summarize this point, and it's the word respect. If we're going to be a functioning church that then could really influence those who need Christ, we must have a respect for one another. I want to tell you, you are really easy to respect. Kelly and I respect you and appreciate you, and it's just a joy to serve God with you, to worship the Lord and and pour out in the kingdom of God with you. I want you to see that you're not to have a low view of yourself, but you're just not to have a view of yourself that's too high to where you don't respect other people. The Bible says you're only going to love others if you love yourself. This isn't about beating yourself down. That's kind of a weird false insecurity in the saying. And so I'm saying to you, have a respect for others. It's this healthy view of one another. The world is all about the haves and the have-nots. The church isn't about the haves and the have-nots. In the church, everybody matters. In the church, everyone counts. Tony Dorsett played for God's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And when he would have a good season, he would buy the offensive line a Rolex watch. And that was his way of saying, I couldn't do what I do without you. And so he was expressing respect and appreciation. Respecting others. David went off with some of his fighting men and they, they fought the Amalekites. But there was a band of warriors. The Bible says they stayed with the stuff. They, they stayed back home and they had a certain assignment to watch over the stuff. When the battle was over, some of the men who actually fought had this disdain and said, these men who didn't go and actually fight don't, belong, don't deserve any of the spoils of war. And David said, oh no, they deserve as much as you do, as much as any of us, because they were in their assignment. Different assignment, but without everyone in their assignment, they could not have been who they were. So he's saying you got to respect one another. This grace capacity in all of us causes us to look at each other and say, you are a blessing. A blessing. Look at verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We all need each other. A dysfunctional church cannot influence a lost world. In order to function, one important truth is respect for one another, appreciation for one another. I want to say how much I appreciate Pastor Mark and Jonna and the entire music ministry. It was on fire today. Incredible, awesome. All the different people that were involved, 
I want to praise God for those who work in the sound team because without them, we wouldn't hear all of this incredible music. You see, it takes all of us. It, it is incredible. I want to tell you, they, you just, you teed me up to give the word of God today. It, it's amazing. It was just a setup. The atmosphere was so ready for the gospel to be preached. People were using their talents. Now, that was, that was just awesome. We had a, a great service. However, if there weren't people on the parking lot helping those who come to church find a place to park. If there weren't those in the lobby giving a, a, a welcome and a good morning and assisting families with children and helping newcomers to know where the nursery is and where they're to go, I want to tell you, no one would have had an openness to receive and respond in the gathering in the sanctuary. You see, we all need each other. We all need to be on the team functioning so that this thing works the way God wants it to work. I remember not, not so long ago, I was coming in. There was this, this man. He was just an awesome greeter. It wasn't at this church. It was at another church that I was pastoring. And so he was an awesome greeter. And when I came through the door, I came through this one door. He was up the hallway. And he turned and he, and he greeted me. Great guy, loved it. And I responded all the way down the hallway, greet me. I said, greet me, that's what I said. And so, man, went right on. And after the service, he came to my office. He said, God, can I see you for a moment? I said, yes. He said, I just want to tell you I'm sorry. I said, what do you mean you're sorry? He said, for whatever I did or whatever I said. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, when I greeted you, you said, creepy. I mean, this guy spent the entire service saying, you know, I walked through and he thought I said, he greeted me and I said, creepy. And, and I thought about that. We, we can walk by greeters and parking lot attendants and musicians and ushers and, and the pastor who's just, it's creepy. Respect. Let's be a, a, a faith family that has respect one for another. Respect is such an incredible virtue. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I tell you, I, I, was so, I was so pumped this morning in this service. If I'd have had a handheld mic, I would have spiked the mic. I mean, that was awesome. <laughs> That's why I use this. If I ever, I get some pump. Whoa, I might spike the mic. Isn't it awesome to serve together? Had a young lady come into the second service and not realizing that we had classes going on and all this. And it just a lot of cars, even on a holiday weekend. But she was assisted and cared for, facilitated in, in all that was happening here today. Thank God for the functioning of the body of Christ. And it's not only what we do here, it's what we do all the time. May we move with a respect for one another. If you're with me, say amen. All right, verse number six, let's keep going. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If you, your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, 
give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Wow, if the first aspect of us really functioning as a family is respect for one another, these verses say not just respect but responsibility. Responsibility to use the gifts and talents that God has given us. Your gift is not just for you. Matter of fact, your gift is not for you. It is for us. It's for the world. God has powerfully gifted you to use that gift to help the body of Christ be a fully functioning, effective ministry. Notice these verses are very important. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. There are things that you do very well. There are things you don't do well. There are things I can do well. There are things that I cannot do well. I mean, horrible at them. So I'm not going to function in my weakness. I'm going to bring to the table what I do best, and you're going to bring to the table what you do best, and all of it coming together is a powerful influence upon a community that needs Jesus. Employ your gift in serving one another. Peter talks about this, employing your gifts, serving one another as good stewards of the gifts. We've been given a trust, a trust over the gift, and now we're called to stewardship of those gifts. Your gift is needed. My gift is needed. A spiritual gift is God-given. Oh, may we not lose the priesthood of all believers. Of all believers, every Christian is indwelt by Christ and gifted by Christ. Somewhere in church history, we separated it and we called it leadership and laity. And that's where people started paying for religious goods and services from the professional clergy. I am convinced there are people going to church today and when they give money, they don't connect it as a tithe a tenth of all that God has given them. They're putting a few dollars in the plate for religious goods and services in return from a group of professionals. And as long as we can serve it up the way they like it, they're going to keep coming here. And the minute we don't, they're going to go down the street and let somebody serve up religious goods and services and they'll pay for it there. I pray we eradicate this idea of leadership and then there's laity. That's the haves and the have-nots. I want to tell you, we all are the body of Christ. Let's draw one big, huge circle around this entire church family and say, God, we are desperate for you. God, move on us. Move on our children. Move on our young people. Move on the young adults. Move on the families. Move on the senior adults. God, we all need you. Let's be a multi-generational church. A church for every age. A church that values everybody. Where we break down these walls. Where young people think that they can only go to church where there are other young people because it's cool. Where old people gripe if there are too many young people. Let's just be the body of Christ. Let's be who God saved and redeemed us to be. I love you. I respect you. And I need you. I need the the children of this church. I need the young people of this church. See, I'm crossing over now. Man, I'm on a whole different category, checking boxes I never had to check. And, And I think 
that I'm, I'm through trying to come up with ideas. I'm just going to move into the zone of trying to recognize a good idea. And put a bunch of people around me who, who are just racehorses, who have great ideas. And I'm just saying, God, help me to recognize it. And I'm going to ride that horse. An, enough security in God and who he made me to be and my gift so that I, I don't care if you get the credit. That's fine with me. Let's just get the job done of building the church and advancing the kingdom of God. I, I love what goes on here. There is something special within this church, and let's guard that. Let's be a steward of that. How? Respecting one another and taking responsibility for the gift God has given us. Wow. Encouraging one another. When I think about that encouragement, I think it's North Carolina on the basketball court. If a man makes a shot, he will turn and he'll point to the player who threw him the ball, the guy who made the assist, as if to say, the only reason I made this shot is because you threw me the ball. You set it up. It's us. Hallelujah. Spiritual gifts. Notice these gifts. I wish we had time to talk about these. It talks about prophecy, and I think it's so interesting that the very next gift is the gift of serving. You have one gift that is often very public and one gift that's often very private. And do you see they're both so vital for the church to function. And it's interesting that the Lord inspired Paul to write prophecy and serving one right after the other so we would value them both. Wow. Thank you, God, for the word. He talks about encouraging. He talks about giving there are people sitting in this room and you have the gift of prophecy and you use that gift according to the faith God has given you. We all can serve, but some of you have such a niche way of serving. Serve, serve, serve. Encouragers. There's a family that was here this morning that I pastored in Pine Bluff. They have since moved to North Arkansas. And it was so good to see them. I was raised in that church and raised with that family. And and the lady, her dad, was a deacon when I became the pastor of that church at age 23. And I can't count the times as a young pastor. You talk about clueless. Let me just say this right now. When you're 23 and, and you are asked to pastor and pastor your home church, that's, that should be illegal. And here's the way that worked. Here's how we had almost 12 incredible years, just incredible years of ministry there, is because of a Gene Hughes who would come by. If the sun came up on a Sunday, he was there, and he would always encourage me. I I can remember the words. I can hear the tone of his voice. There are times where I have taken cassette tapes of when I preached back in Pine Bluff, put them in and listened to them because we had this, we didn't have a stage. We had whatever this was out in front and then a choir loft. And the choir was up in the loft. And, it, you know, this stage was almost as big as that entire church in phase one. And so we were quite there. We were quite close. And 
I mean, it, it, the church was so small, I knew the unspoken requests. You, you ever been in a church that small? Somebody raised, oh, pastor, just pray, I have an unspoken request. We all know what it is. You might as well say it. That's what I'm, that kind of a church. And, and if you listen to those tapes, I'll be preaching, and you, and there are just times, I'm telling you, the preaching was flat. It was needing a lot. And there's this voice in the background just praising God, giving a hallelujah. It was a voice of encouragement. He wasn't saying hallelujah because he's getting blessed. He was helping the pastor. Encouragement. Encourage, 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 encourage. Let's fill this place up with encouragement, encouragement. The culture is just designed to criticize, to break people down, to make ourselves look good by breaking someone else down. Don't diss people. Let's encourage, build up, edify, bless people. Hallelujah. That's the kind of church that that we want to go to, that we all want to attend, that this world is looking for. Encourage, and then if you, if you have that gift of giving, oh, just be generous, just pour it out. Devin, I thought you would say amen right there. And I teed you up, I teed you up right there. Let's do it again. If you have the gift of giving, I mean give. I love it, I love it. Leadership says if you have the gift of leadership, then lead. Lead with all diligence, one version says. You connect with passion when you are in your purpose, when you are functioning in the zone, in the gift, in the sweet spot of your life and ministry. And let's all discern that, discover that, and bring to the table our commitment and responsibility to helping this church be a functioning church. Respect, responsibility, and finally, relationships. Now let's pick up the reading, if we can, at verse 9. These are verses that are just loaded with with clauses. They're, They're built in triads about the love of God. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. It's powerful, isn't it? These verses just preach. They don't deserve a lot of elaboration, but because... I like to talk. I'm going to elaborate in some cases. But just look at that. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Notice how contrary this is to the world. Here is the Lord showing us how to have influence. You just create a counterculture that people want to be part of, that it is winsome, compelling. We're really honoring each other, really loving each other, hating what is wrong, believing the best about one another. It's powerful, it's attractive. Never be lazy, but work hard. Now notice this next line. And serve the Lord enthusiastically. Hallelujah. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager 
to practice hospitality. This is just love being eloquently communicated. So if we as the assembly will respect each other, take responsibility for our place on the team and use our gift and build relationships out of this quality of love, we will be a functioning church and it all rises out of the grace capacity of God first loving us and saving us. What an honor to serve you. What an honor to serve the Lord in this community with you. I say it again, God is calling us into our place of history within this region to change the texture and the culture so that generations who are watching us could know opportunity that otherwise they could not know. Think of the incredible grace that can be shared out of all of us in the next seven days. I say, let's go for it. In May, one of the greatest influence of this church simply be how we treat one another. How we treat the gift God has given us and taking our place on the team. Do what you do well. See, get rid of pride and envy and just do what you do. Be comfortable in your own skin. Let your gift make room for you where you are gifted to serve and just go for it. Relate to one another out of authenticity. And this will be one incredible ride all the way until we hear the trumpet and the rapture occurs. Amen? Let's give the Lord praise for a good word tonight. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stand with me, everybody. Now, Lord, as we stand in your presence, we just say yes. Let me lead you now, church, in commitment to this. Just make a fresh commitment to respecting one another. Respecting people that maybe you don't understand. Respecting one another because it is of the Lord. Oh, God, help us to have that appreciation. Thank you, Lord, for this body of believers. Thank you for those that I have gotten to know, those that I'm getting to know. Thank you for planting my family within this family. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the bond of unity, the fraternity, the connection of this church. We will respect it by putting our roots down. We will respect it by being loyal and protecting the testimony of this church. Believing the best. Oh God, just like a dam breaking, let it be a, a gusher of love and admiration one for another. Crossing the generations so that we could be a reflection of Christ by being a healthy church. 
God, tonight we take responsibility for the gift you've given us. And we will do what we do to the very best of our ability to serve the larger vision and the need of the community. Thank you, Lord, for how the body functions, how we assist each other, how we come together to make it happen. Just tell the Lord you're committed to use your gift. If you have been in a season of just watching and it's time to come out of the grandstands and start serving, let the Holy Spirit call you on the playing field tonight. You know that the action is on the playing field. I don't care how much you enjoy going to the game. There's nothing like being in the game. Come on out of the grandstands. Get back on the playing field. If you've been hurt, if you've suffered some friendly fire, hurt by those that you, you trusted, and it's made you pull back and withdraw, I want to tell you, your Christianity only, it doesn't work only in the best of times. It works in the worst of times. Come on back to the playing field find that your healing part of it's going to happen as you continue to serve other people come back get in the game we need you we need your gift this community needs your gift satan's tried to shut you down come back get in the game get in the game there's a job for you to do there's an assignment for you there's a position on the team we need you well, let's fight together. Let's, let's give it all we have. Let's go for it. I'm hearing a two-minute warning when I look at the, the times in which we live. Jesus is coming. Come on, get in the game. Let's take this thing. Let's win this thing. Oh, God, just bind us together. Connect us. Let there be a spiritual bond throughout this incredible family we have a lot of new people here Lord assimilate our hearts we know that relationships can crystallize after a certain period of time and so may we all widen our circle of love to include those that we haven't met yet those that are new to the family new family members may we widen out that circle get to know some new people Bring them in and serve together. Lord, as Gene Hughes patted me on the back, as he'd give me that good word, may encouragement just explode throughout this church. May we serve you with such enthusiasm and encouragement that this culture is like a magnet that draws people couldn't bear to miss even one gathering because it's that powerful and then Lord in this setting life change will occur and then we'll break out of this place to go and tell to be the church and not just go to church we declare tonight that all of our hope is in you we declare tonight that all glory goes to you we declare that you are the light of the world You are Jesus Messiah.